0: Welcome to C. diff, spores, and more with your host, Nancy Kerala. We are here to discuss C. diff, healthcare-associated infections, and other related healthcare topics. Now, here is your host, Nancy Kerala. Welcome
1: to the program, and thank you for joining us today on C. diff, spores, and more. I'm your co-host, Kevin Hirsch, and we would like to take this opportunity to thank our sponsor, Clorox Healthcare. Visit the Clorox Healthcare website, cloroxhealthcare.com, to learn more about keeping environments safer with Clorox Healthcare. Today's episode is going to be very exciting. We're going to be discussing Clostridiosis, Difficile Infection, Boost Immunity, Restore Microbiome, Replace the Bug, with our two guests, Neil Clark, who's the Chief Executive Officer of Destiny Pharma, PLC, and Dr. Dale Gerding. FACP, FIDSA, and Fellow of the Society of Healthcare Epidemiology of America. And if I may, I'd like to just read a couple of bios for you on Mr. Clark and Dr. Gerding. Neil Clark qualified as an accountant with PWC in Cambridge, UK, and worked for over 10 years on a variety of national and international assignments in audit, corporate finance, and consultancy. In 1997, Mr. Clark joined CNACE Pharmaceuticals, PLC, a venture capital backed private UK biotech company. Following the successful flotation of Senes in 1999, he was appointed CFO in 2005. He became CEO and led the company through its sale in 2008. He joined Ergomed in January of 2009 and was CFO during the IPO in 2014. Mr. Clark joined Destiny Pharma as CEO in 2017. Mr. Clark is a fellow of the Institute of Chartered Accountants in England and Wales and has a bachelor's degree in bioscience from the University of Nottingham. Now, Dr. Gail Gerding is a research physis- uh, physician excuse me, at the Edward Hines Jr. VA Hospital and professor of medicine, retired, at Loyola University Chicago Stritch School of Medicine. He's an infectious disease specialist and hospital epidemiologist, past president The Society of Healthcare Epidemiology of America. He's a fellow in the Infectious Disease Society of America, is a master of the American College of Physicians, and the 2013 recipient of the William Middleton Award, the highest research award given by the Department of Veterans Affairs. He is board certified in internal medicine and infectious diseases. His major research interest is in epidemiology prevention and the treatment of clostridiosis difficile infection, and he is the discoverer of non toxogenic C-difficile strain M3. And we'll be referring to that more often in this program. And so at this time, I'd like to welcome our guests to the program. Welcome, Mr. Neil Clark, and welcome, Dr. Gerding. Thank you. And, oh, thank you
2: for the kind of introduction.
1: Yes, our, our international audience is really thrilled to have you both. And if I may, uh, this first segment, I'd like to ask Dr. Gerding some questions. And so, if I may, sir, how do patients get clostridiosis difficile infection, also known as CDI?
3: Well, it it turns out it's not easy to become infected with C. diff infection. There's actually a sequence of steps that are required. And the first of those uh, um, involves uh, disrupting our normal gut protective bacteria that Uh, keep us from becoming colonized with uh, C. difficile. And the way that we normally uh, would disrupt those uh, bacteria is by taking antibiotics. There are some other medications that are similar to antibiotics, such as cancer chemotherapy agents and uh, proton pump inhibitors that also have uh, antibiotic activity. But in general, we need to take antibiotics with good intentions to treat an infection, but then uh, we have this unintended consequence of disrupting our normal bacteria that are protecting us from C. diff. Hmm. Now, in addition to that, we need a second hit, which is to be exposed to C. difficile spores, which are pretty uh, ubiquitous in the environment, in soil, water, some foods, uh, even the environment of healthcare providers. But even those two episodes would not be enough to give us C. diff infection. We have to actually ingest one of these C. diff organisms that makes toxins or poisons that actually cause the diarrhea and the leakage in the gut. So um, it's a three-hit process. And uh, there are some strains of C. difficile that do not make toxins. Those are called non-toxigenic strains and those are also circulating in nature and also in healthcare institutions
1: and, and you know, and then i want to ask you the next question is can you explain to our global listeners how a c difficile infection also known as cdi is treated and what are the goals of the treatment
3: interestingly the, the same drugs that cause us to become susceptible to c diff are used to treat it So antibiotics are the main line of therapy, and for antibiotic therapy, there are really two goals. The first goal is to obviously stop the symptoms, the diarrhea, by either killing or inhibiting the toxigenic C. diff that's in the gut. So um, that's the first goal. The second goal, though, is to see if we can prevent uh, recurrence of CDI, and recurrence is Fairly common, for example, the most common drug used to treat C. diff, oral vancomycin, uh, has a recurrence rate of about 25%, which means that within a month or two, uh, 25% of patients will have diarrhea back again and need to be treated again. The goal of newer antibiotic therapies is to try to reduce the recurrence. And one drug, fidaxomycin, which is currently available has reduced reduced the recurrence rate to about 15%, and that's the goal of new antibiotics that are being developed as well. So, mainline therapy, antibiotics, uh, problem with it, yes, it it disrupts the microbiome in the process and leads uh, potentially to additional uh, recurrence of CDI.
1: You had mentioned that it wasn't easy to get C. diff. Uh, But you also talked about the therapy. What are some of the possible ways we can prevent a CDI in the first place or prevent the recurrence of a CDI?
3: That's a a really good question, and it's really the uh, subject of of this program. Um, There are probably three general ways in which we can prevent this disease. The first of those would be to actually boost our immune system Uh, so that we would develop some immunity, especially to the toxins of C. difficile. The second uh, modality would be to try to restore the the protective uh, normal gut bacteria by um, using uh, transplants of of normal bacteria to enhance the recovery of the uh, microbiota, which is the name we use for the the gut bacteria, and this is a a commonly used and popular approach, especially for patients who are having multiple recurrences of uh, C. difficile infection. And a third method that's uh, kind of different is to try to get rid of the the bug itself, the C. diff organism, and replace it with a strain that is uh, safe, that will not harm the patient and will at the same time uh, keep out uh, further colonization by toxigenic strains. And, and that's uh, uh, what we'll talk about subsequently, uh, non-toxigenic strain mm-hmm. uh, M3.
1: Yes, and I'm looking forward to, to hearing that. And, uh, and now here's the, here's the next question, and we have about four minutes until our break, is can everybody get it or are some people immune to C. C-dif- difficile infections?
3: Uh, some people are immune. Interestingly, they have antibodies against the uh, poisons or toxins that C. difficile makes, and they probably uh, begin to acquire immunity as infants. So, uh, yes, some people do have immunity, and uh, and if they have immunity when they're exposed to the toxins, they do not become symptomatic.
1: Wow! And uh, now, now speaking of that, it was vaccines for COVID nineteen. They're in the news. Uh, Dr. Gerding, is there a vaccine for CDI?
3: Not yet, but uh, companies are working on that. And uh, initially, the first one developed uh, uh, failed, unfortunately, and has been abandoned. But now there's a second vaccine that has completed phase three trials. And we're awaiting the results of that trial to determine how well that vaccine worked, and we're hoping uh, to have the results of that trial, I would hope, sometime this year. So that that looks uh, like it might be a distinct possibility in the very near future.
1: That is is good news. And the last question I'm going to have for you is um, monoclonal antibodies are used to treat COVID-19. Is there a monoclonal antibody for a C. difficile infection?
3: Well... Good news there, there actually is, and it's been on the market uh, in the U.S. since 2018. It's called Bezlotuximab. Uh, uh, the trade name is plava. and it's been tested in a very large uh, group of patients with multiple types of C. GIF infection, including recurrences, and it's actually very effective reducing uh, recurrence rates in uh, the placebo group in the study from 27% down to 17%, and interestingly, it is effective in patients who have risk factors for recurrence. Um, Risk factors would include prior episodes of C. diff infection, age greater than 65, uh, immunosuppression, or severe C. diff infection. Also interesting is if you have no risk factors, uh, there didn't seem to be any additional improvement
1: with the use of uh, bezalotuximab. That's, that's so informative, this whole segment. And, um, and I can't thank you enough for this information. And so, again, I'd like to thank you, Dr. Gerding, for answers. Uh, you know what I'm going to do is I'm going to pick up on some more questions that I have from some, 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 the uh, C. diff community uh, right after our break. So uh, this information was very important for our global listeners, and we're going to pause for our commercial break. And when we return, we will be continuing our discussion, Prevent CDI, Boost Immunity, Restore Microbiome, Replace the Bug, with our guests, Neil Clark, Chief Executive Officer of Destiny Pharmaceutical PLC, and Dr. Dale Girding. Stay tuned. We'll be right back after these messages.
0: Your life, your health, your network. You're listening
1: to Voice America Health and Wellness.
0: Because C. difficile lives on surfaces for weeks, because it infects nearly 500,000 Americans yearly, you need disinfectants you can trust. Join us on November 4th and 5th for the 9th Annual International C. diff Conference and Health Expo. This will be a live two-day online event dedicated to healthcare professionals worldwide. For conference details and to register, please visit the conference website at cdiff2021.com or the c Foundation's website at cdifffoundation.org. And plan ahead for next year when we look forward to meeting you in person on November 3rd and 4th, 2022 at the Boston Logan Hilton Hotel. If you missed the live broadcast of C. diff spores and more, we invite you to listen at your leisure. In addition to the on-demand show on Voice America Health and Wellness, find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio. Take us with you worldwide. You are listening to C. diff spores and more. If you have a question, please send an email to info at cdifffoundation.org. Now back to our program. Here again is your host, Nancy Kerala Welcome back to the program and thank you for joining us today. I'm Kevin Hirsch, your
1: co-host for the day. And it will be my pleasure to reintroduce our guests, but I hope you have your pen and paper because this is a very informative program and we're going to continue in this segment Uh, speaking to Dr. Girding on some questions. So, Dr. Girding, I'd like to welcome you. Uh, Dr. Girding is FACP, FIDSA, and FSHEA, which is a fellow of the Society for Healthcare Epidemiology of America. Now, Dr. Girding, as I had mentioned in the first segment, that we're going to, we have some questions from um, from our listeners. And here's one of the one of the top questions, if I may. So we receive a good many questions about this. And we would appreciate it if you would explain what is colonization resistance to C. difficile? Thank you, sir. Uh,
3: good, good question, Kevin. Uh, this is a term that we use to describe the ability of our normal bacteria to keep out uh, the spores of C. difficile Uh, from becoming part of our normal bacterial population. So, if you were to culture the stools of uh, the community uh, adult population, you might find two or three percent will actually have C. diff in their stool. It's not clear whether they just happen to be transiently passing through in the gut or whether they might be colonized because of recent exposure to antibiotics. But Our normal gut bacteria do not allow C. difficile to become part of our normal gut makeup. So colonization resistance is this ability of multiple bacteria in the gut to keep uh, C. diff from being able to colonize. And how they do that is not exactly clear, but it's probably a combination of adherent sites in the gut that are being occupied by these bacteria, plus their ability to uh, use up the nutrients uh, or the food that C. diff might require in order to colonize the gut. And they also manipulate the um, bile acid population in the gut uh, to keep out uh, C. difficile. And so it's, it's an interesting ability of the gut to be able to resist this bacteria.
1: Now, in the, in the first segment, we talked about antibiotics. It was the first question, actually. And at this time, would you please take a moment, or as much time as you need, to describe what happens to colonization resistance when we take antibiotics? Well, that's...
3: That, unfortunately, is uh, one of the unintended consequences of taking antibiotics because antibiotics, uh, even if we take them by vein uh, or intramuscular injection, do get into the gut. And once they're in the gut, they are active against our normal bacteria, just like they're active against the bacteria that they're intended to treat. So. If you're being treated for pneumonia or a urinary tract infection, uh, the antibiotic is targeting those organisms, but its spectrum spills over into the good bacteria that we have in our gut as well. So if you're taking a oral antibiotic, some of that antibiotic will not be completely absorbed. It will go down the GI tract and will uh, kill or suppress some of the normal bacteria, especially in the colon, which is the last part of the GI tract. And even if you take a drug by intravenous infusion, uh, some of that drug leaks into the gut, and some of it actually is metabolized by the liver and secreted into the gut. So, so unfortunately, we have this unintended consequence of antibiotics uh, killing or suppressing the normal bacteria that are essential for providing what we call colonization resistance.
1: Yeah, I have I have another question um, that comes from our global listeners. May I ask you, Dr. Gehring, another question for them? Sure. This is this is from the patients, and um, so they they ask, "What is fecal microbiota transplant, or FMT, and how does it work uh, for the treatment of C. difficile infection?"
3: You know, a very common question and a very uh, a frequently asked one. And it, this is a um, treatment for C. diff, especially for patients who have failed to respond to standard uh, therapies for C. diff. It has not reached FDA approval as yet. However, it's being widely used. And how it works is donors are recruited who have no risk factors uh, for underlying disease, uh, rigorously tested to be sure that they don't have um, any uh, pathogens in their stool and are not uh, being infected chronically by uh, other infectious organisms. And they donate uh, stool specimens, which are then processed to recover the bacteria from the stool. And this uh, material is then given to patients. Now, they can be given in multiple ways. One common way to do it is to have an enema and instill it into the colon that way. It can also be put into the colon by a gastroenterologist who does a colonoscopy and delivers it with the colonoscopy uh, mechanism, or uh, more recently, these these materials have been processed and either frozen or freeze-dried and put into capsules so they can be administered orally. Obviously, this has advantages. Most people would prefer to take a pill uh, rather than, than have an enema or have a colonoscopy to deliver the medication. And they have been very effective in patients who have uh, had multiple episodes of C. diff infection, which just don't seem to go away with antibiotic therapy. So currently, although there's no approved product, FDA is allowing uh, fecal microbiome transplant products to be sold uh, and used for these fecal transplants until such time as a product uh, finishes going through FDA approval process. So very effective therapy, uh, multiple providers now developing products, and I think we're going to have an FDA-approved product probably within the next year. Um, that will then make it uh, much more available for patients uh, across the spectrum.
1: Well, that's exciting. Uh, now, just that's a good question that comes up in my own head is, are there safety risks to a fecal mi- microbiota transplant, or FMT?
3: Well, un- unfortunately, there have been multiple reports in the last uh, three or four years uh, by FDA warning about uh, infections that have been transmitted by mm-hmm. fecal transplants, including multi-drug resistant uh, gram-negative bacteria and strains of E. coli that are known to cause diarrhea and uh, most recently the FDA issued a warning uh, about the presence of coronavirus 19 in the stool and put a halt to all donors until we could devise a means to safely test these donors against uh, Uh, COVID-19. Some of the um, transmissions of these pathogens have resulted in bloodstream infections. Most of the recipients who were affected were extremely immunosuppressed. Nonetheless, there have been uh, bacterinias and also deaths as a result of this, and uh, so we need to exert caution and uh, increase the rigorousness of our testing of donors, and this is of course now now uh, always improving as as we go along. There are also some potential long term risks uh, that we don't know about as yet uh, about whether changing the microbiome uh, with a fecal transplant might result in some change in uh, risk of metabolic syndrome or diabetes or weight gain or weight loss none of these mm-hmm. things are known for certain, but so far none of those things seem to be seem to be developing
1: so you bring up another question if if I may because I just want to make sure that i that I get this one this is, there's just a few minutes left, and i'd love to get this question out to you. Can combinations of gut bacteria be manufactured to replicate the good effects of fecal microbi- uh, microbiota transplant?
3: Uh, yes, they can. Uh, and that's, that's actually being done. So there are a number of companies who are producing these bacteria in the laboratory, growing them up. And um, particularly bacteria that are what are called spore-forming bacteria, similar to C. diff itself, but spore-forming bacteria that are part of the normal gut. And, uh, and these studies are underway, and uh, several companies are working to develop these uh, um, manufactured, quote, GMP, good manufacturing practice organisms. Right.
1: And now uh, the last, last question I have before we hit our break is, uh, Dr. Gerding, will manufactured bacterial populations or consortia be safer? Than FMT.
3: Well, I, I think there will be. Yeah. First of all, you uh, eliminate all of the extraneous bacterial organisms from a fecal transplant because mm-hmm. you're manufacturing only specific bacteria, and um, and that should really uh, result in a safer product. Now, uh, you you are increasing the safety of. Uh, in, infections by other bacteria when you do that. Uh, Long-term safety issues in terms of whether a change in the microbiome might have long-term effects would still be unknown, but uh, those don't seem to be as much of a concern as the uh, immediate infectious complications of FMT. So, yes, I think we should find them to be safer.
1: Yeah. And, and, you know, and I'm just going to reflect back on your, um, one of my previous questions when you talked about COVID-19, how we couldn't do the uh, transplants because they were put on hold. And so this is, this is much more exciting. This is, this is going to make a lot of people happy that this is actually something that's going to come out. So thank you. Thank you very much, Dr. Gerding. Okay. So, um, did you have anything else you wanted to add? We have about a minute left.
3: Um, I think this is an exciting area and, uh, Restoration of the microbiota is, is something that is not restricted only to C. diff as a, as a treatment. Uh, it's now being explored in multiple other diseases as well, and it's, it's one of the major areas of research interest right now, and it, it's, uh, it's going to result in, in discovery of all kinds of associations of the gut microbiota and disease. And the real question will be, can we do something about it that will change the frequency of disease in the population by changing the microbiota? So it's just a fantastically um, big opportunity right now that's for the next several years is going to be very exciting.
1: Thank you. And I'm glad I asked that question. And so we're going to break to our commercial. Uh, when we come back, we're going to, pre- we're going to continue discussing prevent clostrididiosis and difficile infection boost immunity restore microbiome and replace the bug with our guests neil clark ceo of destiny pharma plc and dr dale bearding stay tuned we'll be right back after these messages
0: To help support the C-Diff Foundation, please visit our website, cdifffoundation.org forward slash donate or call toll free one 844 4 c That's 1-844-367-2343. Join us on November 4th and 5th for the 9th Annual International C. diff Conference and Health Expo. This will be a live two-day online event dedicated to healthcare professionals worldwide. For conference details and to register, please visit the conference website at cdiff2021.com or the c Foundation's website at cdifffoundation.org. And plan ahead for next year when we look forward to meeting you in person on November 3rd and 4th, 2022 at the Boston Logan Hilton Hotel. are listening to C-Diff Spores and More. If you have a question, please send an email to info at cdifffoundation.org. Now back to our program. Here again is your host, Nancy Corrala. Welcome back to the program and thank you for joining us today. It's my pleasure to
1: introduce uh, guest Neil Clark, Chief Executive Officer of Destiny Pharma PLC to the program. Welcome, Neil. Hello. Hi. <laughs> now, for our listeners, um, we've referred to this back in the first segment. Um, we'll be referring to NTCDM3. So, Neil, would you explain to us what non-toxigenic Clostridiosis difficile strain M3 is?
2: I will do my best, with obviously with the Professor Gerding to help if, if needed, but but. As I sit here talking, I have in me, on me, millions, if not billions, of bacteria, viruses, fungi, and uh, I am healthy and shower daily. But the fact is that bacteria uh, not only have single strains, but there are different variations. So a bacteria such as C. difficile has, has, has many different strains. Now, fortunately, it looks, some of these strains are not toxic. Now, the infection we're talking about here, CDI, is caused by the toxic strains of C. to the seal that can get into our guts and uh, through the toxins they produce cause damage and the, you know, the terrible uh, infection and disease that uh, you know, people listening will be familiar with. What we have here, which Professor Gernig actually has worked on and isolated and, and done many, many years of work, is uh, the discovery of a non-toxic strain that actually is awfully similar to the toxic strain. And what it can do, it can, it can effectively drive out the toxic strain from the gut and, and live in its environmental sort of niche, as it were, and stop these toxic strains from proliferating and surviving. So it's a, it's a naturally occurring strain, it's a single strain, it's not a cocktail, it's not extracted from uh, the, the feces it uh, occurs in not everybody but in a small proportion of, of humans as it were and uh, it has this great uh, capacity we believe to, 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 to thrive in, in a, in a gut which is at risk of being um, populated with a toxic strain. Of course to remove the toxic strain you, uh, you can reduce if not eliminate the C. diff infections.
1: You know, and, and when you talked about the drive out the toxic strain, I just want to ask you to build on that, if you don't mind. Is, is how, how might it be used to prevent CBDCL infection, both recurrent and yeah. primary CDI?
2: Yeah, and, and what we have here as a, as a clinical program, so this is a, a clinical program that has is, is been developed uh, uh, now by Destiny Pharma with Professor Gurdy We have some data which shows uh, clearly there's good evidence that it can, as I said, it can, can uh, if introduced into patients where it previously didn't, wasn't in the gut, didn't exist, it can uh, thrive in the gut and will drive out the toxic strain. So when there has been an episode of C. diff infection, You can take a course of treatment of this NTCD M3 strain, a simple drink or a tablet with a glass of water, that contains 10 million of these spores, they will live in the gut for the you know for a long period, weeks, months, and they will drive out and stop the toxic strains from surviving. And of course, by doing that, they stop the recurrence of the infections. So that's how perhaps they can be used to reduce or eliminate recurrence of infections. But also, of course, that same uh, theory, uh, we believe, and, and Professor Gerding uh, I think believes, we can use it also to try and stop the initial infection. Patients who are at risk, who come into hospitals, care homes, who are uh, go on to antibiotics, they can very speedily be given a course of NTCDM3 before they actually have an infection to stop, again, to stop the toxic strain from thriving. Of course, once it's uh, colonized in the gut and it is uh, excreting the toxins, as it were, of course, that's where you get the actual infection. So there's clinical evidence already for recurrence uh, activity, and hopefully in the future we can do clinical studies to demonstrate its potential as a primary prevention of, of CDI.
1: Now, um, you know, I just want to point out, just a little technical housekeeping, uh, because you're calling from the UK and you're taking your time to help our, our national listeners, we are getting a little bit of a breakup in your phone. So if you could, uh, I've often seen this uh, resolves a little bit, slow down a little bit, so, because I want to hear every single word you have to say, because it's all very important. Is that okay? Well, let's just go, let's, I, I, let's just pop into the next question with that in mind. How does that sound? Now, now, where is NTCDM3 in pharmaceutical development currently? And, and this is a compound question here. So the first part is, where is NTCDM3 in pharmaceutical development currently? What studies have been done? Is it safe? And most important, does it work? Dale, can you hear me okay? Yes. Yeah, could you, do, you, would you ahead mind ahead. answering that question? We, we lost Neil for there for on, the, on the line.
3: NCCD M3 uh, development is at stage, has completed stage two, our phase two testing. So it's gone through phase one, which is uh, safety and volunteers, and has completed phase two testing, which is uh, treatment of patients. And uh, the Study in patients and in volunteers have both shown that there are no uh, safety problems with NTCD. This was very important, and the primary uh, goal of the phase two trial was to show that it was safe since uh, this had never been given to patients uh, prior to that time. And it did not cause any uh, adverse events in either uh, patients or in volunteers. And of course, finally, the probably most important question: Did it work? Uh, so, in the phase two trial in patients, uh, three different doses were given to the patients. It's given orally. Uh, in the phase two trial, was given as a liquid, but uh, will be converted to a capsule eventually. But uh, patients were either given uh, ten thousand spores a day. Uh, for seven days, 10 million spores a day for seven days, or 10 million spores a day for 14 days. So just given once a day. And this was given following antibiotic ther- therapy of the patient. So standard antibiotics and then give NTCDM3 afterward. And those um, those patients... Uh, Overall, given M3, had an 11% recurrence rate, whereas the placebo arm of the study had a 30% recurrence rate. So this was highly statistically significant. P-value was 0.006 for significance in lowering recurrence. And the most effective dose turned out to be the 10 million spores a day for seven days, which had a recurrence rate of only 5%. Um, wow. So it looks as though it, it's very effective. It does work. It appears to be safe. And as we followed the patients, it did not permanently alter the microbiota of these patients. All of the patients eventually, the latest by 22 weeks, uh, lost their colonization with M3. So wow. I don't think we need to worry about long-term permanent change in the microbiota
1: uh, with M3. Extremely exciting. And I would like to ask Neil, if you wouldn't mind telling me more, telling everybody about uh, Destiny Pharma, if you would.
2: Yeah, hi. Destiny Pharma is a biotechnology company, and we are uh, developing drugs, so we have other products in clinical trials. Uh, But our focus is in infectious diseases, uh, and especially we like infection prevention. I think we've all learnt the importance of uh, infection prevention through the coronavirus pandemic. uh, And we were really excited when we began to come across the the NTCDM3 programme actually two years ago and began to talk to Professor Gerding. Um, So we're looking to take it forward. Um, as, as a biotechnology company, and, and in future we'll um, look to find partners to help us bring hopefully a product to market uh, to be used by patients.
1: Now, with, with just a few minutes left in this segment, Neil, would you mind taking the time to tell us what are the next steps in the development of NTCM3?
2: Yes. It's, uh, as, 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 as Dale was summarizing, it's completed its Phase 2 program, so in drug development, um, uh, pathways, we now need to take it uh, through a Phase 3 study and we've had discussions with the FDA on that design. That study uh, can start, uh, we believe, in you know, to the middle of next year, in the middle of 2022. We're manufacturing the clinical trial supplies this year uh, and then the actual patient recruitment will start in, in 2022 and it will take uh, a time to complete the study. It needs to be uh, 800 patients, so that will take at least two years to recruit the patients and analyze the data. So uh, we talk at uh, potentially sort of 2025, having finished that study, and then, study successful, the data is as good as it has been in the phase two. We could potentially be looking at a, a new product to come in to help patients who are suffering uh, from CDI. Uh, if, you,
1: if you would um. Is is there anything else that you'd like to add to the timeline of the development of NTCDM3? Just before we, I think it's just
2: just just that uh, drug development is obviously uh, a challenging process. It's safety and quality are important, but also, of course, working with uh, finding patients across across the world, US and Europe and uh, hopefully in, in the future we'll be uh, we'll be you know, advertising the, the study that's starting and, and looking to find patients who, uh, who are interested in participating in clinical studies.
1: Thank you so much. Uh, the, I, I'm sitting here smiling while you both are talking. This is so informative and so important. And I want to thank you, Neil, for that all that information. But we're now going to take our break. All right, so when we return, we're going to keep reviewing the key points from today's program. Prevent CDI, boost immunity, restore microbiome, replace the bug with our guests – Neil Clark, CEO of Destiny Pharma, PLC, and Dr. Gail Girding. Stay tuned. We'll be right back after these messages from our sponsor, Clorox Healthcare.
0: Join us on November 4th and 5th for the 9th Annual International C-Diff Conference and Health Expo. This will be a live two-day online event dedicated to healthcare professionals worldwide. For conference details and to register, please visit the conference website at cdiff2021.com or the C-Diff Foundation's website at cdifffoundation.org and plan ahead for next year when we look forward to meeting you in person on November 3rd and 4th, 2022 at the Boston Logan Hilton Hotel. You are listening to C diff spores and more. If you have a question, please send an email to info at cdifffoundation.org. Now back to our program. Here again is your host, Nancy Caralla.
1: Welcome back to today's episode. I'm Kevin Hersher, co-host, and today we've been discussing prevent ostradiosis. Difficile Infection, Boost Immunity, Restore Microbiome, Replace the Bug. With our two guests, Neil Clark, Chief Executive Officer, Destiny Pharma, PLC, and Dr. Dale Girding, MD, FACP, FIDSA, and Fellow of the Society of Healthcare Epidemiology of America. Neil, we were talking in this last segment, and I would love, if you would, Uh, If you'd like to share some key points from today's program and any closing comments, including your contact information and how the global listeners can learn more about your work and Destiny Pharma PLC, if you please. Thank you.
2: Yes, I think one one theme to pick up on here with uh, the approach that Destiny is looking to take forward with NTCDM3. Is it's a perfect fit, as Dale said, with this new new wave of work, which is looking at developing medicines from what I call sort of the human microbiome. And as I said, we have many interactions in our, in our guts, on our skin, with, with with bacteria, and they are being increasingly used, almost considered as a new organ, from which we can identify new medicines or ways of improving the effectiveness of other medicines. So NTCDM3, yes, it's very targeted uh, at CDI, but it has that backdrop of, of, of coming from a really exciting area of, of science and medicine, which is, uh, is really interesting in, in many therapeutic areas, not, not just gut infections. And if people want to find more about Destiny Pharma or have any questions for me or our team, uh, we have a website, uh, destinypharma.com, and there's contact details there on that website, uh, emails or phone numbers, and, and welcome any interaction um, if people have any questions. So uh, thank you very much.
1: And so the website, again, is destinypharma.com, is that correct? Yes, yes. Oh, wonderful. So everybody, it's, you know, I'm sure you're going to get some contact information from this program. Now, Dr. Gerding, I'd like to offer you the same. Would you like to share some key points uh, from today's program and any closing comments?
3: Oh, I, I would, uh, Kevin. Thank you. Um, I think um, this is a really new approach with M3. Uh, what we're targeting here is uh, the ability to replace this oxygenic C. diff pathogen um, And and that's key because if we can get rid of the uh, toxigenic C. diff, uh, and if we do it in a way that will prevent toxigenic C. diff from reinfecting the patient, we really will have eliminated the ability to have recurrent disease. Now, one of the things we didn't talk about was what about the microbiota, the normal bacteria, while the patient is being colonized with M3? Although we haven't uh, had the opportunity to study this as yet, what we think is happening is that the microbiota on its own is recovering and, and you can tell when it's recovered <clears throat> because it will actually stop the non-toxigenic C. diff colonization. So we anticipate that this is a signal when the M3 strain is no longer present in the stool. That the patient's own colonization resistance has now returned because it has been able to uh, reject the M3 organism. So, um, so this is a, a unusual way to deal with an infection, I think, and I don't think we have any prototypes for this as yet. So this is going to be a first uh, if uh, we have a successful phase three trial, which I anticipate we will.
1: You know, Dr. Girding, I sense your passion, and Neil, I, I sense your passion in this. I'm going to just ask Dr. Girding a question, and then I'm going to ask Neil, because we have a we have a minute or two left. Are you excited about the future of medicine when it comes to C. Are you excited about this um, non-toxigenic that, that uh, we've been talking about this entire program?
3: Well, I think... Uh you know, we all need to be optimistic. There are, as, as we've discussed, there are three major approaches to reducing uh, and preventing C. Diff infection. Uh, we have the immune approaches of vaccines and monoclonal antibodies. We have the microbiota restoration uh, projects that are ongoing with fecal transplants and manufactured organisms, and now we have a third mechanism. Uh, replacing the pathogen or replacing the bug, uh, with a safe bacteria that, uh, will protect the host until, uh, such time as their microbiota recovers. So I'm, I'm really optimistic, uh, but this is, this has been a tough, tough organism to deal with. We've had two antibiotic treatments, uh, fail in the past five years. Uh, We've had a vaccine fail, uh, and uh, we really are having a difficult time. It's surprising how difficult it has been to manage uh, and prevent C. diff infections, but we're very optimistic. There's new antibiotics coming that I'm sure will have reduced recurrence. Uh, I'm sure that uh, we will eventually have... uh, FMT or microbiome replacement therapies available, a vaccine is very close to being announced in terms of its outcomes. And so uh, adding to that, NTCDM3, I think we're going to have uh, eventually a means by which we will be able to not only prevent recurrence of CDI, but prevent C. diff infection in the first place.
1: Now, would you like to add of your optimism to uh, to what Dr. Gerding just said?
2: Uh, yes, I, I agree with Dr. Gerding, who's obviously a world leader in this whole area. Um, I think it's obviously uh, we're a company who want our assets, our drug, uh, our medicine to, uh, to be uh, the most successful. But you know, it's great that the other companies are working in this area. And actually, one of the advantages of N T C 3 is that it can be given alongside many of the other drugs in development, uh, again, being a naturally occurring bacterial spore, very safe. So that sort of combination therapy could also help drive down recurrence and help in primary prevention. So um, so we we obviously, uh, Destiny Pharma, Professor Gerding, we have great belief, in, in the ntcdn 3 program, but also wish uh, wish our, our peer group and competitors well as well, because it's, uh, at the end of the day, we're all about uh, you know, improving the uh, uh, patient's experience uh, when they do get these infections, and hopefully, uh, as, as Dale said, that you know, we can almost uh, aim towards prevention and uh, and uh, the elimination of, of, of the toxic uh, CDI infections.
1: You know, and uh, and again, gentlemen, I'm still sitting here smiling, listening to all of this. News that you have, and all of this information to share with our global listeners. And I look forward to the future and um, just very excited. So, uh, but I want to thank you both. We're going to wrap the show up. So, thank you for joining us today, Mr. Neil Clark from the UK and Dr. Dale Girding on C. diff spores and more. And we are grateful for your dedication to research and development community, not only changing lives, but saving lives worldwide. Now, this time, uh, the members of the C. diff Foundation would like to thank Faring Pharmaceuticals for being the global sponsor. Serious Therapeuticals for being the diamond sponsor and Pfizer for being the gold sponsor. Acurex Pharmaceuticals and Merck for being silver sponsors of this year's, save the date folks, here it comes, this year's fifth annual global C. diff awareness walks taking place on September 25th. For more information, please visit the C. diff Foundation website. That's www.cdifffoundation.org. There's three F's in that c. Or cdiffwalks.com. November 4th through 5th, 2021 is the 9th Annual International C-Diff Conference and Health Expo, live online. It's a two-day event. Registration is complimentary this year. And to learn more about this event, please visit cdifffoundation.org. Remember, there's three Fs in C-Diff Foundation. And cdiff2021.com. Our thanks to Sirius Therapeuticals for being the diamond sponsor, Bering Pharmaceuticals for being the platinum sponsor, Acurix Pharmaceutical for being the audio sponsor, with the gold, silver, and bronze sponsors of this year's conference. Looking forward to it. We look forward to seeing you online in November and to learn more about clinical trials focused on C. diff infections and recurrent C. diff infections prevention and treatments please visit the C-DIFF Foundation website. Remember, that's cdifffoundation.org. Or the dedicated clinical trial website. Here's another one for you, cdiffclinicaltrials.com. Help them to help you to help others. We send our get well wishes to all patients being treated for and recovering C-DIFF infection and the many wellness-draining illnesses being combated across the globe i'm your co-host kevin hirsch it was an honor to be with you today and our reminder none of this can do this alone all of us can do this together we wish you good health continued healing
0: and a good day <laughs>